Good afternoon. Welcome back to the Peer Support Podcast. Today we're going to be joined by Mike McNeil, who is the president of the Boston Police Patrolmen's Association, EMS Division. All right, Mike, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Um, we know your time is valuable, so we'll get right to it. What's the current sat- status of the membership here? It's uncertain would be the best word for it. I mean, right now where we're at is a, a ever-changing daily um, a report to work, find out new information, new protocols, new procedures, checking your email every day. It's stressful. It's can, it's It can be overwhelming at times, and I see a lot of tired faces. And I think we're at a point where we've never been before. And for me to put a, for me to put a word to it, I think it's very difficult. We're, we're the best best word I can think of is unknown. Uh, where do you see us as going? To the successful. I see us, I see us coming out on the right side. I mean, this is uh, we have a long way to go. We're going to go through a lot of a lot more downs than we will ups for a long time. It's going to be it's going to be busier and it's going to be uh, stressful. And we know by looking at other cities and. and the surges and the peaks that they've seen, that uh, most likely this is coming, or right at the beginning of it. So, I think we're going we're going to go through a lot of a lot of mud before we get to a flat surface again. Yeah. I know this is the the burning question that's almost impossible to answer, but I'll I'll ask it anyways. We've talked about where we are, where we think we're going historically, where we might be in a couple of weeks. When do you think we'll get there? When do we come out the other end? It's a tough question. Uh, judging by what we've seen other places, we could hope by the by the middle of June. I, w- I would hope. Sure. By the middle of June, I would hope that we can we can see light at the end of the tunnel. If not, be clear of it. I think that we'll the next few weeks we'll really be able to shed some light onto exactly how long it will be. What do you think will look like when we get there? Has the union taken steps as far as protecting our membership, whether it be through legislation or workers' comp? Or working with the department, getting people paid. There's a lot of people that are fearful, and I think we can kind of clear a lot of that up right now. Of we're going to take care of you. Yeah. So I think that um, I, I know first of all that to the first part of that is what what will what will look like or what will be at the other end of this, and I know, I know that'll be stronger. I, I know that, um, but all the stuff that's going on right now behind the scenes that that uh, maybe doesn't receive daily updates is because because of all those unknowns the answers aren't, aren't always available i can tell you that we pressed daily uh paramount the, the, the number one two and three priority for us right now is, is covering our members that are ill um and making sure it's related to workman's comp and there's multiple pieces of legislation that that gets us there um one of them would include all all presumption of a presumption of not only contracting the virus at work, if you do contract the virus, but also presumption that if you need to be quarantined, it's because of work. So all that will be covered in a comp that went went in front of a, it's a, here, a telephone conference hearing at Public Safety and Homeland Security yesterday and was fit and ruled out favorably to ways and means, so it's getting priced out. It's a pricey bill. It includes a lot of people, includes all healthcare workers, um, but it's gaining a lot of momentum. We've provided public testimony on it twice. We were part of the, of the hearing yesterday and I feel confident that we're going to hear a good result about that tomorrow uh, or by the end of the week. But um, there's federal legislation to protect us uh, monetarily, after, to reward us monetarily at the end of this and that we're pushing. And we have our, our local reps, including Ayanna Presley, supporting it, uh, actually driving it as a local supporter, a federal supporter. And we've talked to her directly about it. 
That would include a tax-free holiday of four months for any first-line, federal tax-free holiday of four months for any frontline first responder to this crisis. Um, there is a lot of legislation, legislation and benefits being worked on, and I, I, this week is not only paramount towards how this curb or this we've heard how to uh, to flatten the curve. It's not only it's not only very important that we flatten the curve this week. It's also very important that we close the doors on a lot of these uh, openings, and uh, you know we're working day and night to make sure we do that for you guys. So we, we kind of address some of the protections in place for our membership, um, whether it be financially or legislatively, and that's all very important. Just Can you just explain, keeping in mind that the state house is closed and uh, Washington, D.C. is not in session, are these filed separately, differently? What, how does that work? Yeah, so there's, there's still, bills can still be filed right now. However, they're not being heard. Every, every bill that gets passed in this commonwealth has to go through a hearing constitutionally. So um, these bills are filed. Some of these, every bill that goes through um, that goes through the state house in Massachusetts and the Commonwealth has to go through constitutionally. Has to have a hearing before it gets passed over to Ways and Means and ultimately signed by the governor into law. Uh, so bills that you see right now are still getting filed on a regular basis. It just means they're sitting in limbo. They they, they get a docket number. They won't get a bill number because there are no hearings scheduled except for these bills. Uh, similar to the one we're talking about, 20, the Senate Bill 2602, um, filed by Senator Moore, that would give us presumption whether it was for self-isolation, quarantine, or actually contract an illness of it being a work-related illness. Those bills are filed as emergency bills that get heard right away. So what they're doing is they're scrambling like everybody else, but they're having either Zoom conferences or telephone votes, and followed by telephone votes. And that's what happened yesterday that pushed, that's what pushed that through. Perfect. Thank you. So, so, Mike, are there any other initiatives or projects you guys are working on? Yeah, so I, I think that there is – our phones are ringing off the hook, and we're calling people off the hook. And there's just – there's a lot of people that want to help in a lot of different ways, and we're trying to utilize that the best way. There's a couple priorities that we have other than the late legislative stuff. And then the, the next piece of priority that we, we have is securing housing for the membership. Um, I, it's not fair to our membership to A, be quarantined, or B, God forbid, be ill and be forced to go home to a bedroom and clean up after themselves. I don't think it's fair to even ask the question, do they have the space? I think it's in, in, um, invasive. I, I really think it's important that we secure housing for our membership if, if they're healthy, and they want to stay self-isolated, don't want to go home and bring, the, bring their uniforms to the house. If they're quarantined per the department and CDC guideline, guidelines for X amount of days, or if they're ill. And I believe that we'll have, uh, I, I know that there is a site identified and there's been walkthroughs and it's gone through legal. And I feel very, very confident that my goal was to have that ready for today. I have assurance from the mayor's office that that's being talked about now at a, at a public level and we'll be ready to go by the end of the week. Uh, also, speaking about bringing your uniforms home, I think that this stuff lives on your clothes, and we know the gowns work. But we, this, it's community spread now. It's, it's people don't. You might get out of a call. You might, you might go to work for eight hours and do a no hitter, and then stop and buy a pack of cigarettes or a scratch ticket or a cup of coffee on the way home and catch it at Tedeschi's or Dunkin' Donuts. So, this stuff is is all over the place. 
I suggest don't bring a uniform to them. And what we've done is we've secured a, a, a partnership with Dependable Cleaners who will clear, clean all your uniforms. If you need a bag, we have them here at the Union Hall. You can contact Mark Irvin, um, and he will set you up with that. They're going to pick – it couldn't be easier. They're going to pick it up at each station on Thursdays, and they're going to drop it off on each at each station on Fridays. The department's working with us on that, and um, we're very excited. We think that's a, a big benefit, and I, um, not enough people have taken advantage of it. So I, please contact and keep your uniforms home. Keep the dirty stuff outside of your house. Um, and working with, with peer support and BEMSRA to increase opportunities for members to to get little reminders of, of pe- that people are thinking about them. Uh, we've had messages daily on the, on the union's webpage from city councils. We have state reps. We have every city council that gave us a 45-second clip uh, thanking Boston EMS and, and you guys on the front line specifically. So people see what you're doing. This is, this is our time to shine, and everyone behind the scenes is – is watching you and proud of you and cheering you on. So Mike, uh, keeping with the theme here of um, previous broadcasts, we're kind of putting the same questions on multiple different uh, members that are in leadership positions. And what is your take on innovations, keeping in mind that business as usual is not, um, it's not usual. We're not, we're not in a normal time right now. So how have we adjusted to um, the current status of uh, our workload? Well, I think when it comes to how we've innovated, I mean, I think the slowly, uh, reluctantly, is, is probably the, the best two words I can think of it. But I think that we've, the field guys in this department, the EMTs, and, and especially the EMTs in this situation, but the EMTs, paramedics, lieutenants, captains, they've always answered the bell at the highest level. They've always... And it hasn't been as much as we've wanted to change things. Past practices work because you guys always rise to the challenge. Uh, and that's consistent with where we are right now. And we're at the beginning of it. But our, our operational procedure hasn't changed but all that much. And we're treading water. And I, I think what we'll see is a, a, some, a rollout of some unique response models that will change up in the next couple of weeks. But what we've seen also is... is certainly members stepping up to make everyone's job easier through innovation, right? So we're looking at two of our members did, did research and looked and saw these, aero, everyone's talking about the Aeroclave um, foggers and they're expensive, that they're back ordered and they're very difficult to get. So they did all the research, smart guys, good with this stuff. They found this product that can aerosolize whatever, really whatever non-viscous um, disinfecting chemical that you want to put in it. And they went out, they purchased six of them. They, they, they contacted us and see if we saw, saw uh, checked to see if we'd be interested. I said, absolutely, yeah. And we you know, took their word for it and trusted them. And certainly those things were great. So we've rolled those, these handheld foggers out. They're actually out in the field now. There's one at Station 1. There's one at River Street. There's one at the Edge. There's one at Supply. Squad 80 has one. And A30 will be getting one. Um, yeah, those, they, they're just, they're aerosolizing Virex which is a 99.9% effective killer approved by the uh, CDC. And just to make everyone's job a little bit easier, I think what we're, we're seeing innovation with certainly, I believe us to be leaps and bounds ahead of where other places are with our PPE. I mean, that the face shields that we got almost individually supplied to every member, the 200 face shields. We, we, we secured 50 through donation and the department purchased 150. And 
they're cumbersome. They're big. They, they, they might limit your field of vision, but uh, they're, they're safe. They're safe and and they're better than what most people have right now. And you see, we're responding to calls and it's almost, you almost feel bad. See what we got. Right. And then you look at the fire department and the police department and they might they might be lucky to have a crew full of, filled with masks. And we're coming out with on every call with these things. So certainly it's been a joint effort from the union's perspective all the way back until the fit testing. Um, and the department bought, bought into it too. And safety has been paramount with, with the planning for this. It's something that we... I can't complain about. We are equipped for safety right now, and our members, so long as they follow the procedures, are safe, which is the most important thing. So we we mentioned um, our current stance at the moment, and kind of looking at our other public safety partners and comparing our preparation uh, preparation level to them, as well as our private partners in the Commonwealth. Um, do you feel that our stance is good currently? So I think the word that you, you brought up with is, is you're talking about people that are in leadership in different positions in this department and a, a figure of, of leadership and really the statue of leadership of this department forever um, was Captain Haley. And Saj, everyone knows Saj to be one of the best leaders we've ever had. And, you know, God rest his soul, the only only complaint on Saj ever, the only, only criticism that anyone would ever give Saj was, Kept, he held on to too much stuff, right? He was a hoarder. Um, well, he got the last laugh because he knew this was coming. And he put us in a position where the thing that is everybody else in the country that's fighting this, fighting this terrible virus is concerned about, right now we do not have to concern ourselves with it because our surplus is projected to push us through any burn rate that, that has come across our desk, uh, which is which is unbelievable. So... Um, yeah, we're in a good position and it's not, not necessarily because of, certainly not because of luck. It's because of, um, foreshadowing and planning by the person that was in charge of special ops forever. And, and thank you, Saj. One of the questions that was posed is, um, is this stockpile some dating back to post 9-11 as, as, as early as 2003? Are they safe to use? So the short answer is yes. Uh, 3M vetted and certified all masks from, from 2003 on, um, expiration date of 2003 and beyond, to be scientifically proven to be as, as effective as any mask made today. And talking recently to a lot of members, even just kind of viewing our members at Shift Change, people look tired. Um, morale is still, um, we're doing okay. But as this progresses and keeping in mind that um, the more we work this problem in the coming days, we may not see results as improving. It actually may um, continue to worsen. So how do we give our membership a peace of mind? I, I realize this is mostly squarely on myself and the peer support unit, but there are good stories out there like members stepping up and obtaining the foggers and members um, thinking outside the box and uh, the union purchasing some uh, face shields, the department purchasing face shields. How do we continue to push the membership in a good way? So I, I think that the exhaustion is, is that, that we're not going to get away from that. This is we're fighting. We're out there and we're fighting 140, 130, 140 small fires a day. We're putting this PPE on and lugging in houses and right. doing CPR. So I mean, people are going to be tired. But what I notice is when I look at you guys, when I look at the guys in the field, is is uh, um, 
an understanding of what each other, an appreciation of the guy next to you more than more than before, and understanding that hey, this job, this is this is what I signed up to, this is legit, and the pride to work in this department, put that patch on your shoulder that says Boston EMS, and and a love for each other that's really unparalleled with any other feeling of solidarity that I've ever had before, and I see that in you, um, the the field, I see that in their eyes, and. I see people helping each other out, and it's 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 in the in the face of tragedy, in the face of I'm during these as we're facing these dire times and and fear and uncertainty. Uh, I think what makes us great, not only as a city but definitely as a department, is our ability to band together and and lean on each other. And I think that if we continue to do that over the next six weeks, hey, we can cry, we can we can we can sleep, we can cry, we can sweat, we can complain, we can vent, but know that the guy next to you has your back. And that'll get us through this. And I'm just proud that I believe that's what's going on still today. Right. And part of having our backs in each other's backs is for our membership that's sidelined, for those that are at home quarantining or positive, um, they're playing a role. They're, they're playing a role in having our backs and making sure that our membership stays healthy. Um, and that's, that's a, a very important role that can't be overlooked um, and there's really there's, there's, there's hope. I mean, recently a video surfaced um, where one of our crews that was doing unbelievable work at a cardiac arrest mm -hmm. in full PPE was getting a pretty hard time from a member of the public. Mm -hmm. And they still have fears. They have apprehensions. Mm -hmm. they, they are uptight. They're quarantined. Mm -hmm. um, they're, you know, having the same feelings we're having and it's showing in different ways, but it was, it was good to see the level of professionalism that our crews displayed in the face of really just inappropriate. I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. I was, uh, I, uh, that was, um, shout out to the crews on scene there because that was unbelievable. I, I take my hat off to you. The way you handled that was, and people will see it if you haven't already. That was really, uh, professionalism at, at its best. It was, I agree. And fears, um, of our membership, um, are really kind of, echoed at home through spouses, families, children, parents, um, husbands, wives, and they're scared. And we don't necessarily have all the answers for them. We have reassurances that, you know, we're taking all the normal precautions. We've upgraded our precautions. We are working by the best guidance the CDC has to offer. And this isn't our first rodeo, but this is certainly uh, a formidable opponent. Do you have fears for the membership? Do you have fears for yourself? Do you have fears for your family? How are you handling that? Yeah, so it's a formidable and invisible opponent, and uh, that alone is frightening. And I think I'd be lying to you as well as everybody else would be if they said there's nothing about this scared them. Um, you know, I, I although I, I spend a lot of time in, in this capacity, I, I'm still in the street. I, I see what you guys are doing, although I don't respond as much as, as, as you guys, but as the BLS guys, I, I see what's going on out there, and it's it's the uptick is real. It's palpable. You can feel it. It's every call, and when the sample size is that big, when when it's that great, and, you, and you, you're dealing with a thousand calls a week where we're dressing in full, then my fear is that our exposure is is maximized. This it couldn't be any higher. We are exposed at the greatest level. So my fear is that. Hey, what if the PPE isn't as strong as we thought it was? You know, what if the science wasn't right? Um, luckily, we know that it is so far. But what if something slips off? Um, what if somebody gets sick? Those those are the fears I have, and they're real. They're real fears. And unfortunately, what's what 
statistics show is that we will have to deal with one of our members sick at one point. And it is my number one priority. And I wake up every day thinking about it and I fall asleep every night thinking about it, that we keep those members safe, not only the members that are fighting the pandemic on the streets, on the front lines, but also the members who are sick or quarantined, that we keep everybody safe through legislation, policy, protection, equipment, and everything. There's no stone left unturned. Every day we are working here to protect you guys. How has this affected your home? Home? Your home. Yeah. Do you know where uh, it is? Yeah, I haven't been home in a while. We're, we're, we're burning the candle on both ends. I mean, this is, there's no other time to push ourselves in it right now. I and mean, this is this is it. This is the next the next six weeks that will be the toughest six weeks that our departments ever faced, that EMS in general has ever faced, that hospitals have ever faced. We haven't seen anything like this since 1918, and EMS didn't exist back then. So, uh, I firmly believe that this is the most important time in the in the history of time to be doing the job that I'm doing right now, and I'm. You know, I'm not leaving anything on the table, and there'll, there'll be no regrets when, when we come out the other end of this. I know I'm hammering you a little bit on this topic, but I'm going to get you to where I think you need to go for a minute. You have family that's members here. Your wife and Amy, they work here. And from a family member's perspective, and also a member at this agency, what is it like? Uh, it's tough. I mean, I'd be lying to you if I didn't hear every time 13 got got a call it my 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 heart rate didn't go up a little bit or you know my my sense of awareness didn't didn't increase a little bit it, it's it's scary I can't I, I it's difficult to put yourself in a position of someone who doesn't know what's going on in the department or, to, or isn't familiar with what we do but um whenever a loved one's involved man everything goes out the window and it, it, yeah I'm scared I'm scared for them so, Mike, thanks for joining us on the podcast. It's, a, it's, it's, an, it's an initiative and a priority of us to make sure we get out accurate information directly from um, the mouths of those um, in leadership positions that are making decisions to protect our membership. So we hope we'll have some more time in the future to, to meet with you again, get an update. But thank you again for coming on. Thanks, Lieutenant. I appreciate it.